0: progressive news network it is tuesday july 28th 2020 and today we are joined by uh the march to replace <clears throat> joe biden founder uh victor tiffany and i think he's on the line hey victor are you there
1: i am how are you doing
0: i am pretty good so uh uh I haven't done an uh, extra episode in a while, and I've got a bunch uh, lined up this week. And I wanted to get you in early in the week because you've got this event coming up on August the 1st. So tell us a little bit about the uh, March to Replace Biden or the second March to Replace Biden.
1: Right. So first, uh, I noticed this um... Twitter about a month ago, somebody tweeting about, originally it was called March Against Biden, and I got involved with that. So I'm I'm not the founder, I'm just someone bringing organization and organizational skills to this effort. So this Saturday will be a march for Bernie Sanders, and it's a different bunch of people doing it, and we we embrace that. There's no reason why somebody couldn't come out this Saturday and do the march for Bernie Sanders and then join us the following Saturday on the 8th uh, to march to replace Biden. And it's not just marching. There's people like me out there who are uh, not int- not willing to risk their health to be out on the streets among a lot of people marching for anything. So, we're going to have uh, two, ty- two types of activities. The marches themselves, which are being organized around a dozen or more cities uh, around the United States, and then activities maybe phone calls, snail mail, emails, messaging to various people, delegates, superdelegates, county chairs, the Democratic Party, letting them know that Joe Biden's probably the riskiest and weakest candidate they could have possibly chosen. Uh, you know, the 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 whole process of, uh, from when Bernie came out of Nevada as the front runner to all of a sudden a week later Joe Biden's the front runner was completely orchestrated by um, President Obama. Uh, And, you know, he made the phone calls and got got the word out there that uh, it's time to unify around Joe Biden. And, you know, Obama knew what we all know, which is, uh, to put it politely, Biden has lost the step from when he was... Mm -hmm. um, the vice president four years ago. He, he he has a hard time completing a sentence, and uh, he, he he's it's not just a lot of gaps, which is his routine. He just has a hard time. You know, he's making nonsensical speeches, and some one of the answers to his uh, to the first debate was, was just a word salad of of racism and and. Utter nonsense, paternalism, and other problems. He, he, he's in this year of Black Lives Matter. You know, the Democrats have put forward probably their most racist candidate. It, it, it's bizarre that they, they want this. They think this guy can defeat Donald Trump, and if he does, it's only because Trump's doing such a horrible job with the the pandemic. Uh, but but he 's an incredibly risky guy to put up on a stage three times a debate stage, thinking that he 's not going to uh stick his foot in his mouth and really screw the pooch so to speak so we 're basically asking him to step down, and if he doesn't we 're asking the the d n c and the and the elites to to replace him with somebody who's who's more competent more 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 uh in full capacity of his faculty or her faculties. It doesn't have to be a man, but he needs to be replaced or, or Trump's going to be reelected. And because we're out here marching and making these demands on the elites, they're not going to be able to turn around and march in November when, if and when Trump somehow pulls out another surprise victory and say, hey, you guys blew it. You weren't supporting Joe Biden because we're telling him up front we're not supporting Joe Biden. That, that's the the leverage that uh, we're going to use that if if Biden's the nominee we're we're not voting for the blue party candidate.
0: Well, and it seems like every day there is something else that Joe Biden says or does that uh, further alienates people on the left. And so today, one of the things, uh, and this is uh, on top of everything going on with the platform and rejecting legalizing marijuana and rejecting Medicare for All, Obama, uh, Obama, um, Biden comes out and says uh, he's trying to outflank Trump from the right, of course. This is what I've been saying from the very beginning. He's going to uh, run a law and order campaign. And so today he comes out and he says he wants to arrest anarchists. And you know, I just did a I just did a tweet on this. I, I don't think you can blame this on a stutter, or uh, um, you know, any manner of speaking, because it's a it's a written statement. And he says, I have said from the outset of recent protests that there is no place for violence and destruction of property. Peaceful protesters should be protected, and anar- arsonists and anarchists should be prosecuted. And it goes on and, and what he's what he's talking about is is uh he's trying to drive a wedge in between uh using the Department of Homeland Security and militias, and he's saying, you know why don't we just go out and round up arsonists and anarchists apparently without any sense that anarchism is a belief system, and you might as well be." Rounding people up for being Christian.
1: Yeah, I mean, rounding up anarchists or uh, arsonists—they are breaking the law, but it's not a violation of the law to be an, an anarchist. It's a totally bizarre thing to even sweet or say or think. But that's Biden. He's got bizarre ideas, and and he's just not um, the type of candidate who's going. To, I mean, there's, I, I live in a very democratic town. And I travel a lot, all across the midsection of the state, and there's virtually no support for Biden. I haven't seen one lawn sign yet for Biden. I've seen one bumper sticker on one car, and of course, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of signs around for Trump. So I think the Democratic Party's in a lot of trouble. They don't see it yet because the polls are indicating the rejection of of Trump over COVID, and and maybe Biden will be able to keep his mouth shut and his Twitter shut down long enough to not stumble into defeat sort of the way hillary clinton did uh but he doesn't seem to be so inclined he's going to keep talking and screwing things up and making horrible gaffes and stupid claims arresting anarchists that that is uh, that's a, that's basically something you'd expect donald trump to say or tweet
0: and that is exactly the way it's being uh, uh, received on, on Twitter, is that this is trying to out-Trump out Trump and moving to his right. Uh, you know, and, and, and like I said, this comes on the heels of the DNC voting down legalizing marijuana, which would help uh, it, it'll, it'll stop the uh, school-to-prison pipeline uh, they voted against uh, Medicare for all during a pandemic. And, you know, the the other thing they said today was um, they wanted to make sure that uh, legal services, legal aid, had more funds to be able to handle all the people who are being evicted. So instead of, <laughs> uh, you know, supporting renters and people trying to pay their mortgage, uh, with money, the way that, that we've supported big corporations like Boeing and American Airlines, uh, they're just going to—I don't know—do a, a a program to support out-of-work lawyers. I don't—I I don't even understand it.
1: It's broadly the way the Democratic Party tends to operate. Instead of getting at the root of the problem, which a basic income would w- solve at least during the time of this pandemic, they're putting band-aids on it. You know, after the problem, because they not because they're not getting to the root of the problem, they're not solving the problem. And they're letting this problem fester and people become homeless. Now they're going to put band-aids on it so they can get legal help. It, it's totally backwards and typical establishment kinds of thinking that lost Hillary Clinton, the campaign, um, uh, Four years ago, and we think it's a good chance Biden's going to lose. And by the way, just I forgot to mention the uh, to to get plugged into the Biden March, it's it's BidenMarch.com. You can just go there and and sign up, and that'll get you on the mailing list where we will be able to provide instructions as to how to find an event or help us create an event for somebody in a city where, where we don't have one, and so forth. So so that's. That's uh, how to get sort of plugged into this particular march, which is a week from this coming Saturday.
0: And bidenmarch.com, is, uh, once you get there, it's uh, the march to replace Biden, August 1, and uh, I see a yeah, for people's party. Okay. They,
1: they just changed the date from the 1st to the 8th because we're not, we're, our organizing isn't quite where we want it yet. We want it to work better and be more effective. So they told me that date was gonna be changed <laughs> um on the website, but it's still not changed, but that will be August eighth, not the first
0: okay, I will make sure, and let me change this actually while we're talking about this. I can change it in my show notes here we go, and uh so it no longer says this is the first and um I'll update with the with the link also in the show notes so um so, yeah, you know, things are... This is something I think people need to understand is that uh, people like the uh, Movement for People's Party and uh, folks who worked within Bernie's campaign, these are folks who are uh, worried about losing the election. They're worried about Trump getting another turn. It's not... Um, it's, this isn't, of course, the uh, uh, liberal retort is going to be, uh, oh, you just want to give Trump another term, and, uh, it, and that's, not, that's not it at all. I think that this is coming from a place of, uh, of absolute terror that we're putting someone up against Trump who is uh, going to be incapable of bringing it all home.
1: Yeah, the people making that accusation are the ones who are going to get Trump reelected. We're asking Democrats to put forward a more sound candidate, someone who can complete sentences, somebody who isn't uh, a racist. I mean, Biden has made almost as many racist statements as uh, Trump has over the years, and, and his legislative record is far more racist. He's the primary author of the 1994 crime bill which put hundreds of thousands of black and brown people in in prison, whereas Trump's uh, legislative record was signing the the First Step Act, which got a lot of people out of jail that shouldn't have been there in the first place. So uh, I I just think he's, of all the 22 or 23 original Democrats that that threw their hat in the ring, I think he's the weakest one in no small part because of, of his kind of right-wing approach to everything, foreign policy, of course. He's a much greater warmonger than uh, than uh, Trump. Not that Trump is a pacifist, but but also, you know, he came out during the debates and said he, he's going to bring back the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And, and that thing, if that thing gets passed through Congress and enacted or put in place, it's far more dystopian than nine Trump uh, SCOTUS nominees on the court.
0: And that mm-hmm. sounds
1: bizarre, mm-hmm. but that's because people don't know the, the far-reaching uh, implications of, of this Trans-Pacific Partnership. It is corporate-crafted international order, and it would fundamentally transform the United States, federal, state, and local into their legal order, their, what they shaped during these secret negotiations. They're going to. It would be a radical, fundamental transformation in the United States if Biden gets that Trans-Pacific Partnership through. And as bad as Trump is, and people again, they just because they don't really understand, you know, gee, free trade agreement. What's wrong with free trade? They don't understand that they're using free trade, low tariffs. As as a Trojan horse to implement uh, an entirely new world order, and I use that phrase very specifically because that's the phrase Joe Biden used to describe the mm-hmm. Trans-Pacific Partnership. One of the few moments of of uh, honesty. It, I was just it, listening
0: it, to I was just listening to a, a Michael Parenti lecture from uh, years ago, and it was late 90s and he was talking about globalization and it struck me how the language that uh, that you needed to use in terms of talking about globalization is he he pretty much hit it on the nose what the Trans-Pacific Partnership aims to do which is to supersede uh, uh, localities and, and, and countries and states and cities to supersede their laws uh, and put international corporations uh, in the first position so that, so that Over essentially we won't have they have their own courts exactly
1: Yeah that that supersedes the supreme court I mean it's not just they supersede domestic law they they supersede oh, domestic right. ju- courts and ju- and judgments I mean they It's a terrifying thing, and those courts that you mentioned are private tribunals. You know, they're they're picked by the corporations, uh, set up by the corporations. These are, this is a very very dangerous turn. That, um, I just it's baff. I don't know because I know so much about the TPP. I'm baffled by any progressive who would say, yeah, I'm voting for Biden because of Donald Trump. You, You just about can't. Rationalize voting for Biden without mentioning Trump's name, and our case is going to be that you weigh both every aspect of this thing of these two candidates. First of all, I don't know why anyone would support either of them. We have third parties in this country, but but if you're stuck inside that two-party prison and you weigh these two candidates, the reason most people I think are going to vote for well, there's two reasons. The two reasons most people are going to vote for Biden over Trump. It has not to do with policy because Biden's to the right on policy, for the most mm-hmm. part, with, with a few with a few exceptions. But it's mostly because Biden's style is something most Americans are accustomed to, rather than Donald Trump's pissed off, angry teenager approach. And the mainstream media, CNN and MSNBC, are both Both ardent anti-Trump propaganda channels, both of them. Mm -hmm. You can't Mm look at CNN for a half hour without somebody saying what a terrible job Trump's doing. In some cases, they're right; in some cases, it's complete BS. But it's 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 uh, conditioning the public, the viewers, into believing this guy's worse than he is. Not that he's good. I'm not defending Trump. He's terrible. What I'm saying is that Biden's worse, and he's more dangerous, too. I mean, Trump, Trump uh, isn't, I would say, right on a psychological level, but he's not going downhill. You know, he's as effed up as he mm-hmm. was four years ago, whereas Biden mm-hmm. clearly – I mean, the only thing progressive about Joe Biden is his dementia. <laughs> I was hoping you laughed. That was meant to be
0: Well good. done.
1: Although it, 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 well it's, it's done. a meme that I stole off Twitter.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, something that uh, came up a few, well, this is two weeks ago, in uh, the American Prospects, and it's in there. Um, it came out online, and it's also in the printed magazine. It did a big piece, um, Jonathan Geyer, July 6th how Biden's foreign policy team got rich. Uh, Strategic consultants will define Biden's relationship to the world. And uh, this article outlines a a pretty uh, gobsmacking uh, Biden doctrine, which is essentially outlined by uh, a a private business called uh, West Exec, um, and these are all uh, people who had been in different international relations positions and they're different bankers and stuff. so they set up this, this shop because it's uh, working on global issues and foreign policy they don't have to uh, uh, register as lobbyists and so you know it, it seems like just from the word go now we know that in terms of picking a cabinet that The people he's talking to are the same folks from before that got us in the um, financial uh, uh, recession or the depression that we went through with housing. We got Larry Summers, we got um, uh, Diamond, and now we've got all of these same, you know, ghouls who have been in foreign policy prior, Republicans and Democrats, by the way. Uh, who are who are making up this, this new strategic consultancy West Exec Advisors and you know he's he's just essentially taking his foreign policy off of the uh, off of the rack you know how they used to say you know whether you got like a suit off the rack or um, fitted bespoke this is just off the rack uh, foreign policy which means it's it's just serving the interests of corporations,
1: right? Well, I mean, that's his whole thing. I mean, he's always done that. He's the guy who represents Wall Street, or one of the guys on in the Senate who represented Wall Street. You know, he's got this big false reputation as middle class Joe, but if there's any truth to that phrase at all, it's he, he he stabs the middle class in the back. I mean, <laughs> he, he's um, he's really a He's every bit as – basically, he's every bit of – what I was going to say is he's every bit of a corporate tool as Hillary Clinton was. And what we have in 2020 is 2016 redux, only this time with progressive dementia thrown in. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and that's just that's not a winning formula, what we're saying. Those people there's, – there's two criticisms we get. The one you already pointed out, you're just trying to get Trump reelected. And if we were operating or doing, organizing things like this after the DNC, that might be a legitimate claim because, you know, it's, it's etched in stone pretty much at that point. Although I just want to point mm-hmm. out something about 1968, which is the other criticism that, oh, it's too late. I mean, he's already, you know, basically he, it's, it's there. He's the nominee. There's nothing you can do about it. So you go back to 68, and there's two relevant points. One is – The nominee, Vice President Herbert Humphrey, wasn't even a candidate. He had no delegates. They made that choice because Kennedy was assassinated, and um, MacArthur, I think, was his name, was just kind of backed out. He just showed tremendous lack of spine and and will to power. So they replaced. You know, they just basically appointed. Uh, a nominee and they can do that again it's it you know it's within their power they're basically a private corporation and if they decide joe biden just isn't up to the task they will drop him and and our mm-hmm. march to replace biden is a nudge in that direction and just one more point about you know oh you're just trying to get trump elected in 1968 after humphrey was nominated and he continued bombing in vietnam he was getting booed off the stage by radicals who didn't want this guy, you know, th- didn't want this mm-hmm. war continued. They wanted somebody who would stop the war. And he, it, was, it was enough pressure on him, uh, put on him, c- kind of pressure we're trying to put on the the party elites now. But it was enough pressure on Humphrey after the DNC that he changed his policy. He said, all right, you know, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to negotiate a, a I'm going to halt. No, he didn't even say negotiate. I'm going to unilaterally halt bombing of, of North Vietnam, and and the and the uh, dissension, the the heckling, and everything else that was going on during his rally stopped. That's what they wanted. They got what they wanted from him, and that was after the DNC. So anybody, oh, you're just trying to get Trump reelected, is an excuse. They're basically saying, uh, i Joe's fine. Don't you know? Don't mess with. Don't rock the boat. Don't uh, you know? Let let the elite do what they want to do and, and, and go along with it. Be a good sheep. That that basically the way I see that kind of approach. But no, it's not too late now. In fact, this is the time to do it. That's why we chose uh, initially the first and now the eighth. We we won't go any further. This isn't going to be on the fifteenth. We can't delay it because that'll be too late, too close to the, to the convention itself. We wanted to get make sure they understand. A good week before this convention begins that if Joe – this is our view. If Joe Biden comes out of that convention as the nominee, we're not on board. We're not going to be voting for the Democratic Party. We're, You know, some of us might vote green. Some of us might do what Crystal Ball suggests and leave the presidential line of the ballot blank and, and vote down ballot. And some of us will just stay home. You know, it, you can't define how everyone's going to not vote for Joe Biden or Donald Trump, but um you know obviously it's going to be a little bit of everything or a lot hopefully a lot of everything because the idea is not letting the Democratic Party voice these horribly corrupt and demented and racist and corporatist candidates on us the way they did this time around, the way they did in twenty sixteen It's a rejection of the of the process that went down after Bernie won. In Nevada.
0: Well, and we're seeing uh, some fallout from the way this is going down. If you recall, when Bernie won in Nevada, one of the reasons why he won is his outstanding outreach to uh, uh, Hispanic and Latino voters, or Latinx, uh, if you will. And right now in Florida, there has been a huge backlash just a revolt against uh the campaign because they're not doing any uh Latinx outreach here. Now I happen to live in Central Florida, which is um uh, uh, heavily uh Latino and uh you know everybody is uh, uh, there's a diaspora from Puerto Rico, especially since the uh hurricane. And uh so these voters matter, and the the issues that uh, uh, the Latinx community faces matter, and they're not being included in the campaign. You know, Chuck Rocha, he did an amazing job with uh, um, with Bernie's campaign, and it just doesn't seem like they're putting any uh, muscle. They're not leaning into the Hispanic vote at all. It's almost as if They've cut off the Hispanic vote as well as having cut off the progressive vote. And it seems to me that the strategy they're going with is we're going to win this with disaffected Republicans.
1: Where did we hear that before?
0: (laughs) Right. It's the rallying cry of so many failed campaigns, it seems.
1: Well, it's just—I um, mean, basically, it goes against uh, the approach that Democrats used to embrace all the time, which is get your base out. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't hope that them or Republicans are going to cross over. Don't make that your your linchpin. Get your base out, uh, and and you know, GOTV, just just appeal to them, make promises to them, you know, give them mm-hmm. something. Give him something to embrace your candidacy, and and um, I, I think that's the point of Charlemagne. The, the God is uh, in his conversation with Biden is you know what do you got for our community, and I don't remember Biden coming up with a good answer for his his uh, request or you know queries on what Biden's offering Black Americans. You know what, what about justice reform? He did so much damage with the 1994 crime bill. The least he could do is promise to undo that. And, I, and mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything about that. Nothing. What, has he said anything about that? I haven't heard anything about that. He's he's an absolutely horrible candidate. And, and oh, you're going to get Trump reelected. It, it, it's just the opposite. We, we're probably more terrified of Trump being reelected than the people who are standing behind Biden. Because they're actually, mm-hmm. you know. Somehow, very cavalier about an extremely uh, flawed candidate. Like I have told other of the of the core organizers of the of this march, I said, you know, we're the adults in the room. We're the ones saying, hey, this, mm-hmm. this guy's got very serious problems, and you should probably force him out one way or another. Um.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and. and you know stubbornly sticking with him because what he was vice president and and that might be enough if he wasn't suffering from dementia but the bottom line is he is i actually had someone attack me on facebook the other day accusing me of slander he's not suffering from dementia that's a that's a when he pauses like that that's because he's trying to correct his stutter <laughs> i just i, I shot back I shot back uh gaslight much mm-hmm. and then dropped the link to uh, Katie Johnstone's uh, article in consortium news from where she really laid out a great argument. She quoted, you know, video of Biden talking in 2015, 16 earlier on. And he was, you know, he may not have agreed with what he said, but it, but he was a decent speaker. He wasn't, he wasn't halfway there. And then she just supplied 20, 25 examples of what he's been doing recently, you know, from the, the talk he gave next to the pool about his hairy legs. And uh, he had to be thinking about running for president when he gave that speech. It's just so off the wall. Obviously, he didn't uh, check that with somebody before he went there and and, and him about uh, corn pop. And um, – <laughs> and all these other things like you see Trump actually quoting him he's Trump's hammering him on this the ads are pretty accurate when he talks about Biden's dementia it's typical Trump he's exaggerating he's saying stupid things he's he makes he makes it sound like he's making shit up so he needs to actually stop mm-hmm. talking about Biden's dementia but the ads they're running which obviously aren't crafted by him do make this point over and over again, Joe Biden, is is the only office Joe Biden should be running for is the admissions office of a nursing home because mm-hmm. he's he's not fit to be president of the United States. Not anymore. I mean, in, in they go back to 1972 when uh, McGovern nominated Tom Eagleton. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. too far from the convention that all of a sudden Eagleton was forced off the ticket. He had had bouts, he has bouts of depression bad enough throughout his life that it caused, you know, it led to a number of hospitalizations. How how is this any different? It's a different mental uh, uh, illness is the wrong word. It's a different uh, disability, mental handicap, but... It's still, I mean, when you're president, you're not running for, you know, uh, jackhammer operator. You, This is the president of the United States. You want somebody preferably smart, but Americans aren't necessarily keen on that. But I think they are worried, you know, want somebody who's just basic competence, speaking. How much of this job is, is public speaking? And Biden can't do that. It's almost like mm-hmm. the plan is. Let him slip through because Trump is screwing up so much. Just let him, you know, hopefully keep his mouth shut and get through the three debates and get into the White House. And then the first order of business will be the Twenty Fifth Amendment, and they'll make the Vice President the President because well, Biden is that you know, problematic.
0: That that worries some. And there's been so many. Uh, every time you sit around with a bunch of Democrats talking about the VP choice someone is going to bring up that this is super important because whoever is the VP has a, uh, a, a quite a large chance of becoming the president I don't see how Biden makes it through four years
1: No, no. (laughs) Look what's happened to him the last four years. The idea that he's, I don't, I think the idea that he's able and competent enough to actually win a national election is absurd and ridiculous. Uh, Part of the reason he's accomplishing this so far is because CNN is particularly egregious because they're supposed to be, you know, trusted source of news and all that horse shit. But MSNBC and CNN, both, or neither, and the Washington Post and the New York Times for that matter, don't address his mental health or lack of mental health. They don't talk about his cognitive uh, decline, hardly at all. I, I, just, I haven't heard about it yet on MSNBC, of course, and I've only heard about it once on CNN, and that was Reliable Sources, and they were covering Fox News back then. Biden's dementia was, was covered extensively by a number of hosts. And Biden's representative on that show was saying, "Oh, it's, it's all lies. You know, it's just lies." And and the CNN hasn't talked about it. It's like if anybody's telling lies, it's these, it's all these so-called news organizations who are telling lies of omission by not talking about it. They're doing voters and citizens, for that matter, a huge disservice. we people are going to go out and vote for a man. I'm convinced this isn't going to make it through the first term. It's it's just ridiculous. So I, I keep stressing this, but there's other things that bother about Joe Biden more than that, which I, I think I should give a little voice to him. I've already talked about trade and I've talked about his uh, foreign policy, but a lot of people who were, you know, oh, uh, giving, you know, uh, what's the word I want, promoting, uh, pointing to Dr. Ford's allegations of, of a sexual assault when she was a teenager with very little collaboration, have basically thrown Tara Reid under the bus. And she has much more collaboration with her mother calling, uh, uh what's his name, the, the talk show guy? He's still around. Larry King, right? That, that recording popped up. Right. That re- that recording popped up that someone found and other friends who have come out and said that she talked about it. And and I'm fairly certain you're going to be hearing more news again soon about um, her accusations. But um, that really bothers some uh, people who are on my email list. like Bernie, they won't even support Bernie because he endorsed uh, a, a rapist. And, and that's going to be a factor that the Democrats just don't have. To, he does; they don't need a candidate with this much baggage, and it's stupid to put one up with this much baggage. They can get a stronger candidate, like any of the other twenty-two who originally ran,
0: would mm-hmm. be a stronger
1: candidate than, than than this guy. Obviously, we're, number of us are hoping they pick Bernie Sanders, but I'm I'm fairly certain they won't. That. He's a threat. He's a much greater threat, Bernie Sanders is to the Democratic Party elites and establishment than Donald Trump. With Trump in, they keep the you know they keep the donations rolling. Oh, you got to help us fight him. You know, keep sending us money. All that, all that uh, just continues. That they don't lose a step if is reelected. But if Bernie, if somehow Bernie steps up and, and somehow takes better command of this process, then what he's allowing and and manages to somehow come out of the convention as the nominee, they could, because Trump is so unpopular, they could uh, easily lose control of the party and and they're just not going to let that happen. I, I, I can't imagine. This is why Obama orchestrated this whole process, this whole unity project behind Joe Biden is to stop Bernie Sanders. He doesn't care about Trump. If he cared that much about defeating Donald Trump, I just can't imagine why they would pick the weakest candidate on the stage. He's he's probably the least intelligent of those original twenty two based on his grades in college. And he's mm-hmm. he's 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 got mental problems. Um I, I it's I hate to keep coming back to that, but I just can't imagine how that's not going to be such a huge factor come November certainly and they already are but the campaign's already making a big deal of this and and you can imagine how much Trump's super PACs are going to be uh, just basically playing video of Joe Biden talking over the years he has such a long horrible record one thing Biden keeps saying which I just can't figure out is look at my record man no, don't look at his record because
0: it's horrible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it, it really is horrible.
0: And if you look at his record, what he's done throughout his career is run to the right of the de- of the Democratic Party, and so his strength has always been, uh, at, at least at, you know, in the ecology of the Senate, his strength has been that he. Uh, he could get things passed and he could uh, push back on culture war by pushing the culture war forward and, and pushing these right wing ideologies forward, you know, kind of like uh, if they're drumming you out of town, get in front of the parade and lead the way, you know, like it was your idea. That's what he's doing. Give me done an example because I'm again. not
1: clear. Give me an example okay, to so, talk about because I'm, I'm not clear.
0: There's the famous clip of him addressing uh the senate regarding the crime bill and he says um he says that uh uh, you can't you can't say that we're too liberal because we are increasing minimum mandatories we are locking people up forever we are doing three strikes and you're out and so, it's one proposal after another, where uh, the Democratic proposal that he was touting, that, that he wrote into the bill, uh, was to the right of the Republicans. And so, they they pushed that through the crime bill, you know, as a way to say, you know, hey, look, this new Clintonian kind of Democrat is is totally different. They're they're almost not like a Democrat at all because. They're completely neoliberal, which you know we didn't really talk about until uh, a decade or so, about a decade after the mid '90s, when uh, when all of that was going down. And another one where like
1: he's Democrats. They're not like the Democratic Party we I grew up with. You know, the the, the neoliberalism has fundamentally changed the Democratic Party. They used to try has. to balance capital, owner, management, and, and labor, and they, they don't care about labor now. The, no. The, you know, the, the upper middle class and, and management and professionals are their base now.
0: That's right, and and it's the professional managerial class to the extent of which a professional managerial class identifies with the, um, with the corporate owners and that's fairly easy to do with uh, you know people who are um, you know climbing the ladder, who are on their way up. They love hearing how they're very very smart and and well healed, and you know uh, they wouldn't have these positions of power and they wouldn't have all this money if it weren't for the fact that they were you know superior in some way. So it's a it's a uh, feedback loop, you know. Now, that's a, uh, that's a
1: characteristic of neoliberalism that you're describing. That's, that's very much in line with that whole political philosophy. And you're right. There, there, there's this underling, you know, section that the upper middle class, the um, bigger than petty bourgeois, but also including right. them, certain uh, business owners too. Um, yeah they're, they're that's the where they get their money from, and the rest of it's just propaganda and, and you know campaigning and that's where that's where the- Hillary Clinton lost last night it was because the Russians because many of the working class Obama Trump voters and Sanders Trump voters said no I, I, Trump's offering something better
0: and they and they tried to do it in the 90s too with the creative class. So the creative class was kind of a new thing that Clintonians love to talk about. Uh, and creative class included, uh, you know, people who were doing, people in my profession who were doing uh, advertising uh, in the old advertising uh, uh, mad men kind of model. And uh advances in technology made it so that you could basically be a one person advertising agency with, you know, you and your Apple computer. And so you started cutting out all of the people in, in printing people who were in the dark room or, um, uh, doing four color separations. Like all of these blue collar jobs went away and, uh, eventually we went and were bypassing um, printing altogether with publishing on the web, which has pretty much disrupted all of the profession of journalism. So, you know, and this this goes back to what you were saying about MSNBC and CNN, too, and I think this is really important, which is that uh, when you've got the big cable news giants Have taken sides and they only present the um, news that is partisan to their side. That, by the very nature of that kind of discourse, is creating a crisis of reason where people on the left and people on the right, you know, and and people on the center, people cannot trust uh, news sources anymore, at least television, cable news sources. They can't trust them to be telling the truth. They figure they're going to turn into, tune into MSNBC and CNN to hear the the, uh, Democratic version of things and into Fox News to hear the Republican version of things. And it's a, what's getting lost in there is that, you know, truth is a nonpartisan issue. Truth is that doesn't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat,
1: and yeah, uh, I, I and it doesn't
0: that. seem like there's room for that anymore.
1: I disagree with that really wholeheartedly because truth is a is a is a, a human construct. So Habermas has a relevant quote: "Fact and value are radically homogenous. We see things, we understand." outside world reality, whatever those facts or speech or whatever it is, we see everything, very non-value oriented sceneries from a set of values, through a set of values, colored by a set of values. And then, so what we understand from the truth through those values and limited by, in some cases, our lack of education. I mean, there's a wide range of other factors that go into it, but values are very important that speak to what you, why I'm disagreeing with you. Truth is partisan. Mm-hmm. There are multiple truths and because it's a human construct, so different humans are going to have different truths because they have different values. Uh, truth... Well, let me I, give you an example. I don't, I, uh, I don't think truth is, uh, is as uh, important as... Um, See, so we need... The problem now I'm running out of uh, sort of research and development in 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 this whole discussion we're having because at at some point you 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 want to rely on something for Habermas it was consensus right eventually we come we arrive at the truth by consensus and that's not happening with MSNBC and Fox Round we have everything but consensus so we need to. Resolve this. I'm getting at the crux of your crisis that you originated that mm-hmm. went on, right? This is the problem. Mm-hmm. We, we can't mm-hmm. – Maddow once said before she became a partisan hack, the left and the right used to argue over what to do. Now we argue over what is true. Do that because fact and value are radically homogenous. Therefore, we all have a different version of the truth.
0: Well, and the, and uh,
1: so that's
0: fine and good for work. a graduate-level class in critical theory, and I have read a lot of Habermas in graduate school. Um, but when it comes down to, like, let's say, what medicine to take uh, if you're sick, there, there is a, a there is a, a preferred way to go about that. And if you're getting your news from a partisan source that discounts um, whole swaths of um, therapies and um, medicines in favor of the therapies and medicines that uh, serve their their corporate masters, then you are, I mean, and this is pragmatism, you know, and the idea of a consensus theory of truth actually comes out of the pragmatist tradition. So I'm, I'm arguing with you, you know, it's like a yes and thing. Um, so,
1: finish that sentence you, what happens when they follow the bad news on medicine finish that sentence finish that thought what, well, what is the upshot when they bad advice in medicine
0: well the upshot is people die <laughs> you know well, okay. people die
1: oh. and, and the how
0: choices that the are
1: problem? how is this a problem wait a second you got stupid people who believe stupid non-scientific information dying off And the smarter people who listen to the scientists, not dying off, you have a – I hate to use the word survival of the fittest, but you're going to have an evolution that comes out of this that's fairly positive. We're going to go through hell in the process like we're going through a terrible pandemic now because we have a non-scientific oriented uh, president. In fact, the Republican Party – the. The ruling elites are not unified in what they want, except around certain developments in trade. But they um, they differ on their level of uh, acceptance of science radically. The, the, the right wing of the ruling class, the Trumps and those people on, on the base of the Republican Party, aren't are, aren't inclined to. Uh, go with, you know, they're more inclined to go with their feelings, their guts, their, you know, whatever the leader says.
0: Um, right, because they've absolutely, uh, they, they, I think that the Fox News viewers were the first, you know, they were like early adopters of this crisis or reason. And so their, their uh, earlier reasons for adopting uh, the narrative that Fox put forth was that they were certain that, um, that the media was uh, had a liberal bias. Remember when they talked about that, the liberal bias, and so sure. they flocked to a, an outlet that you know reflected their values rather than you know any kind of you know uh, uh, sensibility about objectivity or you know. A, you know you're you're welcome to your opinion, but you know we gotta we gotta start from the same place and agree on 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 facts. And you know it took a while, but CNN and MSNBC have followed suit. And so you have the choice between two values which which honestly, my values aren't reflected in either uh, of those uh, three options. You yeah. know, those three options exist essentially to make sure that their corporate uh, uh, sp- sponsors and supporters are um, serviced Paying well. Them. So, yeah, so, so so they're serviced well. So you might have a uh, – and, and I see this all the time because um, I take a lot of medicine, some chronic um, – you see uh, – Old medicines and old therapies being thrown out the window. You know, stuff that's cheap. You know, that that, you, that doesn't even meet your requirement for for the uh, um, copay. So instead of it being like fifteen dollars on your insurance, it would be three dollars. Those kinds of therapies aren't even talked about anymore. And all that anybody wants to talk about are the new drugs that are coming out. They're going to be four thousand dollars. You know, to to uh, treat. Um you know uh whatever it is you know so and and that's that's a straight line that's that's not a uh you know the part in the movie where the conspiracist has the red yarn and he connects all the dots this is just a this is just one straight line, one piece of yarn, a to b, the uh donor class and the sponsor class are selling this super expensive thing and they want to make sure that you buy that super expensive thing so any mention of any other kind of therapy doesn't get mentioned and let me just kind of and that's wrap just this one up example
1: saying, I mean, all of reality the world is like that they, they they shape the narrative through these media organizations of the entire world of America's role in the world Russia what they're about China I mean there is mm-hmm. there are Disagreements, and they make it sound like those on the thirty-yard line arguing with those on the forty-yard line sound like the whole range. But they—they're uh-huh. basically plutocrats. So those with the money, those with the gold—they uh, don't just make the rules. They—they—they they, they, they shape reality. They shape public understanding of reality. And both of them, what we're arguing now, the blue. Reality or so-called news, the blue propaganda and the red propaganda are both deeply flawed as uh, narratives, as, as a decent basis for understanding our world. Deeply flawed. One of my favorite sources for an understanding was, was truth dig and that's gone. So I think this conversation ends up – has to include at some point reliable sources. And the last – the least reliable source is Reliable Sources, the program. But what would you think of as uh, a good source of information for n- news and, and understanding, news and analysis?
0: Well, I think the best source is many sources, unfortunately, at this point. that um, they, What I always tell people to do is to follow the reporters that have the best um, records in terms of reporting uh, hard news in a way that is um, uh, uh, digestible, I guess. Uh, It's just important right now to instead of being beholden to a certain publication, to be aware of the, the writers and the reporters who are actually doing the work. So, um, you know like I could go through my Twitter feed and um you know like uh, rattle off a few let's see. I really like he um I really like the Gray Zone guys, all of them um, I, I, I think uh, um, in more mainstream journalism, we've got like Andrew Perez who used to be at MapLight. He's uh, doing a Democratic think tank now. You've got um, Ken Klippenstein at The Nation, who is just amazing. Walter Bragman is doing a new thing with David Sirota, which is straight-up um, uh, investigative reporting. Like They're just doing some, what was that some last hardcore name? stuff. Uh, Walter what was Bragman and David David Sirota,
1: and yeah, Fragman, okay.
0: their their thing is called TMI, too much information, and so it's one of these sub-stacks, you know, that you can uh, that you can subscribe to, and I'm getting the lady in my head who's saying I only have 60 seconds left to go, so
1: well, let no me throw conflict. in the inter- the intercept then as a reliable source. Yes. Uh, I love Greenwald. Yes. Uh, and I, I love the narrative of the counter narrative of Caitlin Johnstone. She's worth uh, subscribing to. So, yeah, let's talk about reason sometime rather than politics. Yeah,
0: that sounds good. I would love that. Okay, thank you so much for uh, getting on and telling us what's going on with this. We'll keep an eye on it and uh, maybe report back afterwards.
1: Sounds great. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome, anytime. All right, folks, we're wrapping it up real quick, and we'll see you again tomorrow with the COVID report with Karni Krishnam.